0: Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality and, of course, business. Look... I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember excuses are over, it's time to live.
1: Our goal is to really treat everybody with five-star gold-plated service. And, you know, we really go out of our way to make people feel special. For the first time in the history of of our country, the life expectancy, instead of getting longer, has gotten shorter every year. And it's because of all these poor young kids that are ODing on opiates. The fastest way to success is to copy genius. If you want to build a company that makes you know, purple widgets, find another company that's making purple widgets and make yours purpler and better. Hey,
0: everyone, and welcome to a very special Life Extension pop-up episode. These episodes are going to be a bit of a test to see if you guys are interested in learning more about life extension and maximizing your health. The average lifespan is about 88 years old and new technologies are helping people live a lot longer. Some people believe that we could actually double our lifespan within the next 40 years. So in this series, we're gonna explore all sorts of anti-aging and life-extending technologies. And today on the show is Dr. Bill Dorfman. So Dr. Dorfman is probably the most famous cosmetic dentist in the world, hands down. He's been on ABC's Extreme Makeover for many years. He's been a standing co-host on the Doctors series. He created Zoom Whitening, which went on to do over $1 billion, with a B, in sales, which was later acquired by Philips. And he is a best-selling author. The list goes on and on and on. In this episode, we're going to cover all of that, but we're also going to talk anti-aging. Look, go to Google, type in Dr. Bill Dorfman, and all you'll find is pictures of him with his shirt off. Okay, The guy is 61 freaking years old, and I'm telling you, he looks 21. If you don't believe me, right now, Google it, pull over. Google it, get off the treadmill, and Google Dr. Bill Dorfman. It is insane. It's the most remarkable thing that I have ever seen for a man his age. So with that long ramble, please enjoy this special pop-up episode with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Rob. I am super excited to have you on the show for like a billion reasons. So thank you for taking the time to do this. Well, I'm going to give you a billion and one
1: reasons. I wrote a book (laughs) called Billion Dollar Smile. So there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we share a birthday, I just learned, September 16th. Oh, wow. You want to know something else? This is interesting. The most common birthday in the world is September 16th, our birthday. How did you find that out? Because one day I was walking down the street and somebody said, Hey, it's, I said, uh, you know, how you doing? I said, Oh, it's my birthday. How you doing? Oh, it's my birthday. How you doing? And every year, you know, it's like one of those things where like you buy a car and you see it everywhere. And I thought it was one of those. So I went home and I Googled what is the most common birthday? September 16th came because if you back it up nine months, it's the week between Christmas and new year's. So that's a little freaky to think about your parents, but that's, that's the deal. Wow. trippy, So
1: right?
0: how much older am I than you? Well, judging from your body, which I don't want to talk about, um, <laughs> I was born in 66.
1: Okay. And how so about- I was born in 58.
0: My God, my God. Right? Right? Eight years. Well, so we're going to talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about your backgrounds, uh, touch on how you are reverse aging, and then maybe talk about the, or definitely talk about the new Meet the Mentors podcast. Cool? Awesome. I'm down. All right. So it's easy for people to look at all the success that you've had and say, you know, he's born with a a golden spoon, but they'd be wrong. You came from uh, some modest beginnings in uh, California. And you did jobs like Ralph's Supermarket, a janitor at your mom's nursery school. Where do you think or do you think that your entrepreneurial sort of spirit came from that sort of background?
1: First of all, I wouldn't know the word entrepreneur if it hit me in the head (laughs) as a kid. You know what I mean? I mean, look, we... And it was very nice of you to say I came from a modest background. We were broke ass poor. <laughs> okay. I, seriously. I mean, the year I applied to, to to UCLA, 1976, was the first year I actually found out what my our family income was. And my dad made eleven thousand dollars that year Whoa. for the whole year with five kids. So I started working at the age of five and I never stopped. I mean, you know, I would pull weeds in the in, in the neighborhood for 50 cents an hour, you know, and then babysit. And then I worked at Ralph's supermarket and then Swenson's. And I mean, I've never
0: not worked my entire life. Even through school, I worked. Do you think it's in your DNA to do that? Or was there something driving you where you were looking around and saying, I want more And I'm just going to dig in.
1: No, dude, this is not a DNA. This is, I don't want to be broke ass poor. I mean, (laughs) it's not a matter of DNA. This is survival. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I had the weirdest jobs you could ever think of. (laughs) Like, I can't even tell you some of them. It's embarrassing to say, but I did what I had to do you know, and um, nobody gave me anything. I mean, the one thing I got was was a scholarship to UCLA. You know, I I was an alumni scholar. The Alumni Association awarded me that. And believe me, they have been paid back many, many, many times over for their generosity. I've been more than generous with them for that opportunity because I would not, have had the education I have today had it not been for them.
0: All right, let's 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 talk a little bit about um, some of the early years. So you knew from a super early age that you wanted to be a dentist. And if we fast forward a bit, you wound up with a patient list of, I don't know, some of the top celebrities in the world from Hugh Jackman the Fergie, Usher, Mark Wahlberg, it goes on and on and on. From a dental business perspective, in what ways would you say that your practice is positioned differently than somebody that does not have a quote, sort of celebrity type practice?
1: I don't think that my practice is positioned differently because of the celebrities and things that I treat. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, we strive to create a dental practice where our patients get gold-plated customer service, regardless of who they are, whether they're an A-list celebrity or, you know, I have a lot of people that are everyday people that just, you know, come to us and not just for cosmetics, but they come to us because we're a full-service dental office. You know, our goal is to really treat everybody with, Five star gold plated service. And, you know, that's part of the reason I have almost 2,000 five star Google reviews is we, you know, we really go out of our way to make people feel special. So the celebrity thing just happened because I think of, you know, where we are, the location we were in, you know, in Century City, and, you know, a lot of other things that were just kind of a perfect storm. And, you know, in my career, it wasn't like I made a point of pursuing, you know, getting celebrity patients and it just kind of happened over time. And don't forget, I've been practicing almost 40 years.
0: Right. Right. You, when you look at you, you don't, You looks like you just got out of dental school. So it's very, it's very confusing. You know, my, uh, My dentist in Atlanta actually told me about you. Um, Her name is Deborah King. Do you know that name? (laughs) I
1: know that name very well. We've been very close friends for probably 30 years. And in fact, when I was on ABC's Extreme Makeover, I was the only dentist on the show. I convinced them to allow two of my friends to... Come on the show as well. So, Deborah King did one um, segment of the show, and my good friend Dr. Dennis Wells did another.
0: Interesting. You know, she was my first experience with a dentist that, let's say, gives sort of like five star gold plated service, like you're describing. And I told her I'm moving to LA, I need somebody, and she mentioned your name. So when I Googled you and I looked, I was like, how can this possibly be one person? Is he a dentist? Is he a model? Is he an author? Is he a television personality? Is he an entrepreneur? Like, I, it was so confusing because it felt like there were, I kept thinking that you were like 10 different people. I, I couldn't believe that you were the same person person so that 's why when you know when I had the opportunity here to interview you I said i' got to have them on the show because it 's just insane well thanks uh, that 's a compliment thank you you 're so welcome in uh, in one thousand nine hundred and eighty nine at the inception of tooth whitening you saw an opportunity to create a product and that product was called zoom and there 's a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening to this uh, podcast that have full time jobs and they want to create something on the side could you sort of take me back to the time you were in full-time practice which I think you are now still but but yet building this second company and maybe share a little bit about what your work day actually looked like for somebody that you know wants to build a company like you did while they're doing something else
1: all right so let's go back to 1989 This is a weird thing in my life. And it's been a recurring thing over and over and over again. Every time I have committed to doing something purely for philanthropic reasons, it's ended up making me a lot of money. (laughs) It's just a weird thing. So I'm at the gym and... um, Tooth whitening had just kind of started. I go to the gym every day. And, you know, I was really frustrated because the whitening product that was on the market just wasn't great. And and it could be great. Like I, I, I saw the potential for it to be great. It just wasn't. And I kept calling the company, especially because they told me I was their number one customer. And trying to, you know recommend. I even asked if I could be on a board of directors and they like, you're 29, you don't know anything, get out of here kind of thing. Yep. And I'm at the gym and some woman, her name was Cynthia Hearn, came up to me and said, would you like to help raise money for children's cancer research? Sure. Yeah. What can I do? She goes, well, you are a dentist, right? I said, yes. She goes, and you're single, correct? I said, yes, but... She goes, Well, we're doing a bachelor auction. We'll have a thousand women um, at this hotel, and we need 10 bachelors. Would you be one of them? So I thought, What the heck? You know, it's for a good cause, right? Yeah. The auction was stupid. It was horrible. <laughs> it was humiliating and horrible. But the good thing that came out of it was the man in line right behind me became my best friend. His name is Robert Heyman. We're still best friends. He is the son of Fred Heyman, who started Giorgio Cosmetics and literally invented Beverly Hills. And Robert was my age. He grew up in the cosmetic industry. He had an MBA, so he really understood business and marketing. You know, I understood business and dentistry. And together we formed Discus Dental. And we actually didn't do Zoom until about 2002. Our first. Product was called Night White. So we formed a company called Discus Dental and we sold a product called Night White and we sold that all through the 90s. And right around 2002, we launched Zoom. Um, and then Zoom really like became famous when I got on ABC's Extreme Makeover in
0: 2003. You know, this is interesting because you, you've said before, when you get an opportunity, uh, don't take it, master it. And you did that with ABC's Extreme Makeover when they asked you to be a part of the show. As that show became more popular, you went from 2 million in sales to 200 million in sales. What do you think the key thing you learned about growing a business through reality TV is? It
1: wasn't through reality TV. It was a culmination of so many things. First of all, I'm a dentist. You know what they teach you in dental school? Had Dentistry. It's because
0: they a drill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You think they taught it? They gave us one freaking business class? No. Do you think they taught us anything about marketing? No. Do you think they taught us anything about advertising? No. Do you think they taught you anything about building a business or a practice? Heck no. So I literally learned everything on my own. You know, when, when I started my practice, I was a firm believer in mentors. I had great mentors. Jeff Golub Evans was the president of the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and He became my mentor and he was king of PR. And he taught me how to work with a publicist, you know, and that was key. I mean, that helped my practice explode. You know, I started getting big celebrities clients because they saw me on TV shows and they saw me doing this and they saw me doing that. I mean, you know, and everyday people, you know, as Discus Dental started growing, I felt like a complete... Idiot in the boardroom. I mean, here we are looking at charts and graphs, and you know, eBit. What? What's an EBIT? Like, I didn't even understand the the, the 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 language that they were speaking. So again, you know, instead of just sitting there and being useless, I did something about it. I went to school. I I went and I enrolled in extension courses at UCLA, and I took classes every night on business. You know, when ABC put me on Extreme Makeover, I stunk on TV. So instead of stinking, I took acting classes, hosting classes, teleprompting classes. I tried to make the best of every opportunity I got, you know, and like I said at Leap and you quoted me is, you know, I always tell kids, don't wait for opportunities in life, make them. And when you get an opportunity, don't Take it, master it. And that was my goal. My goal was if I'm given this great opportunity to be on this show, let's make the most of it, you know, and let's get the biggest bang for our buck. And as a result, you know, you're right. Our company hit almost $200 million in sales. We started off, we did $2 million, $4 million, $8 million. We plateaued it about $76 million the first year I was on Extreme Makeover we broke a hundred million dollar barrier and we ended up doing 101 million. then the next year, 136. And then the following year, almost 200 million. But it wasn't from what I learned on TV that that didn't help us that being on TV helped us get exposure. But then Robert and our marketing team took that and just blew it up, you know, and it became magical when patients would literally walk into a dental office and say, I want to get zoom. And then the dentist would be like, what's zoom. And then they would call us up and say, I don't know what this zoom thing is that y'all are selling, but send me some. (laughs) And that happened.
0: Yeah. It became a verb. I want to get zoomed. That's yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs talk about what they want, but they spend a lot of time doing the wrong things. If you were advising a business person, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it, what, where would you tell them to put their most focus? Because there's so many things pulling from social media to... It just You get it. All these different things. Where do you right. think people are going wrong with lack of focus? Okay. So it's
1: not like a one-size-fits-all, right? Here's the deal. The fastest way to success... Is to copy genius. If you want to build a company that makes, you know, purple widgets, find another company that's making purple widgets and make yours purpler and better. Boom. When I got to Century City as a cosmetic dentist, the last thing they needed was another cosmetic dentist. What did I do? I called the five most successful guys that were cosmetic dentists at the time. And I went in and I shadowed them and I spent a day in their office and then another day and another day. And I learned all the things that they were doing that made them successful. And then I took all that and put it into one dental practice and made mine infinitely more successful than all of theirs.
0: Got it. So you modeled what you 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 tried to take what was out there already and just make it better through modeling and and upleveling it.
1: Right. I mean, obviously I added a lot of my own elements to it, but you know, I started with a really strong foundation because, you know, it was all men at the time, but these five men were incredibly successful and they had great practices. And I took the best from all of those practices and then added a bunch of my own ideas and put it all in one.
0: Got it. I know the book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, was a super impactful book for you. Uh, you've read it a couple times, three times, I think. What about that book resonates or resonated the most with you?
1: I mean, I, I, I literally feel like every page of that book is a page of my life. You know and you know it, 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 in a lot of ways it's 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 almost like validating what you know what I' what I've done and that's the, the thing I love about leap is that we take habits of highly successful people and we share it with these young students so that they can have great mentors to help them, you know, find their, their road to success.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk to you about how you're sort of bringing that out to the mainstream with the podcast, but I, I can't, I, I can't let you go without talking a little bit about your level of fitness and health. So, you know, it's almost surreal and I'm trying not to blow smoke here, but it's almost surreal to think that you're 61 years old and look the way that you do. So, you know, I'm not exactly sure what the questions are to ask here. So I'm just going to kind of throw them out. Are you insanely particular about your diet?
1: Um, that's a funny way to ask, but I'm going to say yes and no.
0: Okay. In what um, way?
1: Okay. So I remember when I turned 60, I was at the gym. And I come in and apparently this big thing flashes up on the computer that says happy birthday. So the girl's like, happy birthday. I'm like, oh, thank you, on our birthday. On our birthday. And somebody in line behind me, there were like five guys, said, oh, dude, how old are you? I said, 60. And then the five guys go, what, no. I'm like, no, I am. Like She looked on the computer. She goes, no, he's not lying, he is. And the guy goes, Dude, what do you eat? Yeah. And I said, well, it's not what I eat, it's what I don't eat. He goes, what do you mean? I don't drink, never have. I don't do drugs, never have. I don't eat crap, never have. And I try to just eat healthy, normal, like real food. Like, (laughs) since the pandemic, I've had the same breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day because I don't cook. So for breakfast every morning, I have a big, like, protein smoothie with fruit and f- lots of fiber. For lunch every day, I have an I have an apple and and a big sandwich, turkey sandwich. And for dinner, since the pandemic, because I don't cook, I've had creation every night. I get either have the. Chicken tortilla soup or the turkey chili, and the reason I love creation—it's all real food. Like when you look at the ingredients, there's no added anything. It's chicken and beans and whatever, and so I have that, and and then like a butternut squash soup and some some veggies, um, salad or um, broccoli or whatever. So I, I eat healthy. Now, does that mean I'll never have a cookie? No, I'll have a cookie. You know, does that mean I'll never eat birthday cake? No, I'll eat it. I mean, I just don't eat like my brother will eat the whole cake. Okay. I won't do that. Uh, You know, I'll have a piece of cake. I'll have, you know, I'll have sorbet at night a little bit. You know, I mean, it isn't like I won't eat, you know, anything like these people say, oh no, sugar is evil. Sugar is not evil. Alcohol is evil. I'll have things with sugar in it, but I don't eat fried stuff. I haven't, I haven't had, you know, like I just don't, I don't eat that stuff. I don't eat crap. I don't eat junk and I don't eat like stuff that's just not good for you.
0: So it sounds like it's roughly about three meals a day. It's not even like you're eating, you know, religiously every two to three hours.
1: Oh, that I think is the silliest thing ever. These people that like, oh no, you have to eat every two hours. Like how do you have a life yeah. Like you can't, no, you can't even do that. And by the way, we were not created to eat like that. Like whose idea was that, you know? And now there's all these people that are doing like intermittent fasting and I don't do any of that garbage. I just eat three good meals a day. Do I ever snack? Yeah. When I snack, I don't snack on potato chips. You know, I'll get like carrots and hummus, you know, or, or healthier stuff. And, you know, and I don't overindulge and, um, and I exercise every day, every day I exercise.
0: Let's talk about that. What's that look like for you?
1: It looks like exercise. <laughs> I mean, I spend an hour a day and I've got like two different routines. Um, I just did a big layout for a uh, GQ magazine in the UK, right in the middle of Corona. So you can go on there, GQ UK and, uh, look up dr. bill Dorfman and I, I outline my whole thing I, you know um, uh, so I have an a and a B routine my a routine is all weights and you know um, lifting and <laughs> my B routine is is mainly abs and cardio
0: got it you you're keeping it really clean and really really simple you're not going crazy with it yeah Let's talk about longevity. Um, the average American now is living to roughly 80-ish years old, 82, 83. How long do you see yourself living? Weird question. So
1: when I turned 60, I told people that was middle age. I, I, my goal is 120. 120. Um, yeah. And, 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 and sadly, for the last three years, the American life expectancy has declined It's the first time in history. You know why? Mm -mm. Opiates. Oh. For the first time in the history of of our country, the life expectancy, instead of getting longer, has gotten shorter every year. And it's because of all these poor young kids that are ODing
0: on opiates. (sighs) Yeah, I just saw a special on Netflix. It was so depressing. And so many doctors are complicit in helping them, you know, with these pill mills and stuff. So yeah, it's 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 horrible. Are you using any sort of anti aging strategy um that's out there? There's, you know, right now Bezos and uh the Google guys and um Larry Ellison, yeah. they're investing bazillions in yeah. that stuff. The the
1: only there's, there's l- l- really only two things that I'm taking that are age-related. One is a medication called metformin. Metformin in the early days, and it's been on the market for over 45 years, was used for non-insulin dependent diabetics to keep their sugar levels lower. Yeah. It's also been touted as a good anti-aging drug. It also has been touted to help fight off cancer. My mother is a three-time cancer survivor and uh, a lot of people in my family have died of cancer. So my physician and I decided that that would be a good thing for me to take. So I've been taking that. And then up until recently, I had zero plaque at all. The last physical I had, I had just a teeny, teeny, tiny bit and um and so I started taking something for that, but it's very mild and um, and other than that, I just believe in really you know exercising, you know eating well again, you know i I, I never had a problem with alcohol. It's not like I'm like a recovered alcoholic or, or whatever. I just, I never liked it. I I literally never liked the taste or the way it made me feel or anything. So I never drank and and still, and still don't.
0: How have you done since taking the metformin? Have you noticed any difference? This is, this is a, a, a a drug now that people are really saying or giving, there's a, uh, there's a specialist, David Sinclair, and he's talking a lot about it. Uh, he's an anti-aging guy. And, uh, it's supposed to be just incredible. Have you noticed a big difference since you've been taking it? Zero. Zero. Like,
1: I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't feel any different at all. I don't think it's the kind of thing that when you take it, you're going to, it's going to make you feel better. I, I think it's the kind of thing that metabolically, you know, like when, when I, so on our birthday every year, I do a full, Physical exam. Um, In fact, that's something I teach at leap to kids every year on your birthday. Get a full physical. That way, you never forget to do it. And so, I do a whole blood panel. So, you know, the, the the one thing that that I've noticed on my blood panel, which is the main reason why you take it, is that my blood sugar level is much lower than it used to be. It was never dangerous. It was never like. In the range where I would, you know, be a, a diabetic at all, but cancer grows much more readily in in a in an environment where your sugar levels are much higher. So that's how they think it, it helps in you know in preventing you from getting cancer. But um, but physically, uh, mentally, um, I don't think that people really
0: feel any kind of effect from taking metformin. Okay. And the physicals that you're getting done, are there anything out of the ordinary, like, you know, like crazy executive physicals where they're doing ultrasounds of the arteries or anything like that? Or is it just a standard, you know, MD physical?
1: I basically they they take like 16 vials of blood. I haven't checked everything. And then a few years ago, I had a full body MRI done. Now, people have done CAT scan. I, I would not recommend doing it as a CAT scan or whatever because it's a lot of radiation. When you do an MRI, there's no radiation. And basically what this does is it enables them to have a baseline read of you know where you are. And then every few years you redo that. And they can superimpose one image over the other to see if, you know, if there's any changes. The reason I did that is one of my good friends who's a physician did it and they discovered that he had pancreatic cancer.
0: Mm.
1: Pancreatic cancer has a 95% mortality rate. And the reason it's so high is because you don't get symptoms until it's, incredibly advanced and because he did this scan they were able to find it at such an early stage that they literally went in laparoscopically removed it and he's fine and i thought you know it's it's a few thousand dollars i i you know uh, and it's not covered by insurance but i felt it was worth it to do and you know and so i did it and um you know, fortunately, everything was fine. And then every few years, I'll just do it again. And it will, it will enable you to pick up things much, much earlier than you know most other tests will.
0: So is there a name for people who are listening? They can go to their doctor and then they can say, hey, we want to do this kind of physical. Does it work like that? Well, it, it
1: actually is not done at most physicians' offices. I went to another place, which was, um, was a radiology center where they do a lot of uh, x-rays and things like that. But um, I think what you should ask your doctor is what they feel about a full-body MRI.
0: Got it. Got it. All right, let's talk about your latest project, which is Meet the Mentors podcast. What is it and why did you decide to create it? So
1: as a result of LEAP, I had all these great interviews with you know, Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Eva Longoria, Usher, Apollo Ono, uh, our, our mayor, Eric Garcetti, Paula Abdul, Jonathan Bennett, Devin Druid from 13 Reasons Why, Michael Strahan. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Kathy Bates, Jason Alexander. I mean, and, you know, and these this material was just sitting there and you know, I was approached by somebody who said, hey, dude, you should make these in the podcast. And so we did. We launched it in January and it it took off. Um, I mean, we're like number one in Yemen of all places, number two in Iceland, number three in Finland. And we're, I think, 94th out of a category of 47,000 in the United States. I think the thing that differentiates my podcast from others in the Meet the Mentor is I do it really in a way where I would say to Anthony Hopkins, you know, uh, by the way, he hates being called Anthony. If you, when you talk to him, he'll insist that you call him Tony. But where I say to him, you know, if I'm a young person listening to this and I'd like to have a career that emulates yours, give me a game plan. And so, you know, that's what I do is I, I talk about their success. I talk about, you know, the obstacles they had to overcome to it. And then I asked them to kind of give me a game plan for, you know, young people that would like to have a, uh, a career similar to
0: theirs. What a cool idea. What was uh, what was Tony Hopkins like? Was it because he's just such an icon?
1: Well, you know, if, if he's very transparent about his, his addiction to alcohol. Mm-hmm. It, it nearly destroyed his life. Yep. Um, and, uh, he's, he's very vocal about it and he's very active with AA and, um, and he's just, he's a genius. You know, he's, he's 81 years old.
0: Mm -mm, I didn't know that. Uh,
1: Yeah. But as sharp as a tack and he's so funny, like he'll come in and, um, I'm like, Hey, Tony, how are you? He goes, ah, doc, I'm unemployed again. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, really like you really worry about this he goes you know he goes every time you finish a movie you have this sinking gut feeling that you're unemployed again I'm like yeah but like you're gonna get another job you know but he goes you never know until they call you you know and it's true I mean look how many artists win an academy award and then you never see them work again yeah it happens a lot.
0: It does. It does. It's
1: crazy because you'd think like you're at the pinnacle of your career, like book your next deal. But sometimes, and then sometimes you don't see them for several years and then they come back. I mean, it's such a crazy, weird world. But, you know, he's, he's in a category of his own. You know, I, I, I have an agent, right? Mm-hmm. She has the easiest job in the world. <laughs> we need a celebrity dentist. There's like only one of them out there. They just call her and then they book me. It's not like there's 45 people who they're going to interview. Like when they need, they just call me like, okay, we'll hire them. You know? I mean, there aren't many 80, uh, who else is an 81 year old working after
0: who can do anything? He can do anything. I saw him interviewed on, the, I think it was Meet the Actors Studio or one of those shows. And uh, he was talking about his role, you know, with uh, Clarice, Silence of the Lambs. And he said that, you know, in that, in those scenes, he didn't blink. And that was the hardest part of doing it. And I was like, oh God, that's interesting.
1: He Yeah. And y- you know, the, the, the thing is, I have a few patients like, like him. And, not a, and I'm not just talking about like famous actors. I mean like people who will come in, it's like, if he's going to come in and I know I need like 30 minutes to do a procedure, I book an hour and 30 minutes, <laughs> because I know that I'm going to it's just such a, a rare treat for me. I mean, how fortunate am I as a dentist? Like, where else would I meet, you know, Anthony Hopkins? You know, where else am I gonna be able to spend an hour alone with Elon Musk? I mean, this doesn't even happen, <laughs> you know? It's crazy. I, I I sometimes I'm at work, I pinch myself. I go, I'm going to to the doctors, you know, to film. We film at Paramount Studios. Okay? The most famous Hollywood studio in the world. And here I am in my little car driving in. To work and I giggle at myself as I'm walking into the studio. Like here I am, you know, filming. I'm going to work at Paramount. Like, how many dentists get to do that? You know, it's crazy.
0: None, you. (laughs) You. All right. So as we wrap up, I want to move into some questions that may come out of a left field. So just roll with it if you could. I want to talk about the fulfillment, the play hard part of your life. I'm going to start that section with what do people often get wrong about you? Interesting.
1: I love, you know, nobody's ever asked me this and not in a podcast. I think one of the things that I know because people have told me is they think I'm really conceited. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I speak at dental schools all over the world and I never let them pay me. I always go, and I, I never even let them buy my flights. I fly myself there and I talk and I get in front of the dental students, and the first thing I say to them is say, look it, I'm not here to brag or boast. I have had one of the most prolific, exciting, and unique dental careers of any dentist in the history of dentistry. And I'm not up here to tell you that so that, you know, I could say, look at me. I'm telling you this because dentistry has exceeded every expectation I ever had. And if anything that I've done will inspire you to do it or do better, then I feel like I've done my job. I'm not here to say, oh, wow, look at me. I'm here to say, hey, look at me. Look where I started. Now go do better. And by the way, if I can help you, I'm here. There isn't a dental Student or dentist in the world that I would say you can't come and shadow in shadow on my practice. I have over 200 dentists and dental students a year come and shadow us. And uh, to me, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to share what I've learned in my career with these people. So, you know, people that, that don't know me well, they might think that I'm, you know, I might come off as being, you know, somebody uh, a bit of a braggart one. That that's not it. My whole thing with kids is hey, copy genius. I tell kids to follow me on Instagram, not because I need followers, because I follow like 20 really great accounts and I learn what they do to make their account grow. I'm the only dentist in the world with a million followers on Instagram. Follow me and learn what I'm doing and do what I'm doing so yours can be better. So you know that's one thing that I think you know, I kind of get mistaken for, but hopefully when people get to know me, they know the real me. Got
0: it. What is an unusual or absurd thing that you love? Black licorice. Black licorice. You're my, That's first, my thing. you're my first black licorice. I like that. What's the one goal that you thought, when I achieve this, everything in my life is going to be great. And then you got it and you went, oh, that didn't do it.
1: Well, I'm going to mess
0: up your question.
1: Okay. You can change it. Feel free to change it too. So look, I always knew that as a dentist, I would be comfortable, right? I I knew that I wouldn't have to worry, like, can I afford to buy a car or a house or whatever? I never expected the success of Discus Dental to be anywhere... Close to where it was. Yep. And when we sold the company, when that actually happened, I didn't feel the way you described. Trust me, I wake up every morning the happiest person you'll ever meet and so grateful every day. It did not, <laughs> like, <laughs> there were no expectations left on the table. Like, it completely fulfilled my expectations and more. And I am incredibly grateful and humbled to be able to have gone through that and to be in a position where I can help others. You know, I always tell people, if you become wealthy and you don't help other people in this world, shame on
0: you. I think that's the best answer I've ever heard to that question because what you're doing is putting it in, you're putting it in proper perspective and you're telling the truth about it. So maybe I would ask this, When, and I have no idea what the number was. I'm sure it was a large number, a crazy large number, a really crazy large number. But when you looked at that really crazy large number in your bank account, were you like, holy shit. Like, I cannot believe this number is sitting in my account.
1: No, I just cried. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not lying. I really did. I went to Wells Fargo online. Yeah. The day that we made the sale, mm-hmm. I logged on and said 0000, 0000. 0, 0, 0, 0 and I kept refreshing. And then one time I refreshed. And after all those zeros, there was like a really beautiful number on the left side.
0: I can't even imagine. What was the first thing you bought? My parents a house. Wow. Wow did they have any idea that you were going to do that or was it a surprise?
1: Well, it wasn't a surprise because, no, I told them I was going to do that. Yeah. And I mean, especially with Corona and everything, you know, my parents are in their 80s. They're not allowed to go anywhere, do anything or see anybody. Yeah. And so they live in Westlake. I bought them a beautiful little house right on the lake. They have their little electric boat and every night they go out on the lake on their little boat around and, you know, and do their little thing. And every night after they do that, my mother calls me and thanks me and tells me,
0: you know, there's the theme here with you is that there is such a give back component that there's this like naturally natural fulfilling loop the more you give, the more you get, the more you give, the more you get. And it just keeps seeming like this is the pattern in your life.
1: Actually, I would say it like this. He who gives receives the greatest gift. Mm. It's not that I'm giving to get. I'm just giving because it just makes me feel really good that I can do
0: it. All right, couple more questions before we wrap. If you could spend one month anywhere in the world where it be and why... Gosh, there's so many amazing places
1: that I've been that I really love. I've become really passionate about scuba diving in the last few years. And one of the best trips I've taken in the last few years was to um, Indonesia. So I would go back to Rajampad. It was awesome. And just spend a month there diving and being out in nature and all that kind of stuff.
0: All right, cool. Uh, two uh, two final questions. Uh, with every new level comes a new devil. What are you currently struggling with? Corona. Mm. It's horrible for me. You know, I'm
1: not. I thrive on social interaction. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, <laughs> I spent sixty one years creating a life that I loved. You know, I, I go to work. I love working. You know, after work, I go to the gym. I love going to the gym. After the gym, I do stuff. I go to dinners. I go to movies. I go, I mean, I, every single night I had something planned, you know, Corona hit and, you know, March 13th, from March 13th until May 16th, I did nothing, Yeah. nothing. I know. I mean, nothing. I stayed in my house for all those days. I mean, my big event was to gear up and go grocery shopping. So I had food, but I did nothing, you know, and, you know, I'm not in a relationship now. Being alone sucks. I hate it, you know, and, you know, I'm fortunate that my daughter's, live in the area so you know occasionally they'll come over and you know spend an evening or watch a movie or something like that but i mean other than that i hate this i hate it you know i i do go to work and i see patients there so that breaks up a bit of the monotony but as far as you know having any other kind of social interaction, I don't feel comfortable going out. You know, I know some of my friends are starting to go out to restaurants and things like that. I feel like it would be irresponsible because I have 25 employees and if I get sick, you know, what are they going to do while I'm sick? So uh, more for them than for me, but, you know, I just, I don't want to go out and be in public anymore anymore. then then I have
0: to. Yep. Makes perfect sense to me. The whole thing sucks. How much longer do you think we got with this?
1: Well, unfortunately, this isn't going away too soon. Um, I'll tell you one big breakthrough. Um, We just ordered these new machines. They should hopefully come next week from BD. Um, They're analyzing machines. So basically, I'll be able to have you come into my dental office and do a quick test and in 15 minutes, I'll know if, if you're uh, infectious or not with coronavirus. And I think that that will, when we get more of those out, that will start to let us, you know, have a little bit more normalcy, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, some of the production companies are gonna start doing that so they could get back to work. Uh, maybe even restaurants will do it. I mean, the, the you know, the thing that scares me is, you know, when you come into a medical or a dental office, we're very, very health conscious. And, you know, I mean, we take every precaution in the world from the second you walk in my office, we take your temperature, we use a pulse oximeter, we measure your, your, your oxygen levels in your blood, and then we take your cell phone from you. We have you sanitize your hands. We put your cell phone in a plastic baggie so that you're not bringing all that from outside. And, you know, and then we sit you in the room and we've got air pure. I mean, what all the stuff that we do in there. But, you know, I think having this test and being able to to tell within 15 minutes um, will be a real game changer. So I'm hoping that that's going to start to let things ease up a bit.
0: Yeah, me too. (laughs) All right. Last question. Uh, We'll change things up a little bit since you have your own podcast and you're interviewing people. What one question would you like to ask me?
1: Ah, wow. Um, Why do you put so much time and energy into your
0: podcast? Because I've spent um, a lot of years in my life working really, really hard and ignoring the personal side of my life from relationships to my body, uh, to family, etc. All in pursuit of work. And then I said, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to go and... Spend money and go traveling, and found myself, you know, spraying champagne in Saint Tropez and spending more money than I should have spent, and watched work go down. And you know, let's call the work part the the thirty to forty years, and let's call the play part the forty to fifty years. And now in my fifties, I sort of have a good understanding of that balance. Um, I don't know that you're ever going to strike an exact balance, but I have a good understanding of how work should be something like you do, where you're extraordinarily passionate about it. There's a component where you're giving back, et cetera, et cetera. And you just, you love it. And there's also the play part too, which is the fitness and the family and and all of that. And I just feel that there are so many people right now that either are all in on work or they're all in on play. And they really need to hear from guys like you that are really living the fullest life that they can, and it just it, it, I'm just extraordinarily passionate about bringing both of those things out because i've got you know like most guys i've got a real entrepreneurial business streak that's in me, but i'm also interested in other things I want to learn a lot of things i want to learn about you know I want to learn about gardening I want to learn more about travel i want to there's so many things I want to learn that you know don't necessarily equate to a dollar return. So I want to share that information uh, with people. Awesome.
1: Good answer.
0: Well, dude, this has been better than I thought it was going to be. I have heard nothing but amazing things about you. And this really meant a lot to me that you were willing to be on the show. Um, Do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably one of the only people with a million followers on Instagram who actually answers my DMs. So if any of your listeners need to reach me, um, I'm super easy to find Dr. Bill Dorfman, D-R-B-I-L-L Dorfman on Instagram. I promise I'll answer. And um, if you have kids, 20 or sorry, 15 to 25, please check out our leap program. We just finished It as a virtual program this summer, but hopefully it will be back to a live program next year. It'll be uh, July 18th to the 24th. And uh, you can get more information at www.leapfoundation.com. And um, yeah, and please listen to my podcast, Meet the Mentor. And if you like it, give me um, five stars because that will tell other people to listen and uh, share the, the good stuff.
0: So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.